Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 106 of Three Point Podcast. Our trifecta includes the young fella back from his coronavirus scare, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University, and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm the grandpa, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, the Corona Public Schools, Promec Engineering, and our syndication teammate, Sports Radio Detroit. Make sure that you follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. We'd love to hear your comments and questions on social media at 3PointPod. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. We'll take a look back at Super Bowl 54, the game, halftime, and commercials. Also, maybe catch up on some college hoops. We're going to get it rolling right after this short break. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, fellas, let's get right into it. Uh, the Super Bowl was yesterday. Pretty good game. Uh, Mahomes lived up to his billing, even though he struggled for a little bit. But it was it was pretty cool to see the Chiefs take home the Lombardi Trophy. For me, going into the Super Bowl this week was one of the least hyped games that I can recall honestly, because of the Kobe Bryant thing. And, and really, there was no big stories coming out of the Super Bowl week, which I, which we talked about a couple pods ago, how much we loved that week. Because I think there's something about when you love both the teams, which I did, and I think a lot of fans do, about the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers, there's not a villain. There's not a dividing team like the Patriots, which are normally in the Super Bowl. So for me personally, it wasn't quite as just entertaining i didn't enjoy it as much as i have in years past even though it was a great game which is which is just kind of crazy to think about but it just felt not as big i can't really describe it yeah it did it did kind of seem like some of the you know there weren't like the tom brady storylines or i mean i guess the biggest storyline might have been like what was it the chiefs first in 50 years so you know that was a big one maybe andy reed you know looking for his first one but yeah i'm kind of with you it didn't seem like there were those real deep you know, exciting storylines. It was mostly mostly some of those minor ones. But it, most people, I think, who didn't have a horse in the race, like me and like us, uh, I was just hoping for a good game because some of the last few Super Bowls they haven't necessarily been the most high-scoring, electric, you know, down-to-the-wire type Super Bowls. Last year's was good, but, you know, there wasn't a ton of scoring. Yeah, and That's what I was hoping for, and that's what we got. So yeah. it was cool. And, and, you know, we do have the two weeks leading up to it, and I get exactly what Jared is saying. You know, there's always been a lot of hype, a lot of uh, buzz leading up to the game, but this one really didn't have it. And to be honest with you guys, I was okay with it. You know, I I, I kind of was looking at it as, hey, we finally got a Super Bowl game that's it's just all about the football. You know, you had two teams. You didn't hate either one of them. You're hoping they match up well. You had the 49er defense. You had Mahomes on offense and, and their electricity with their wide receivers. I mean, it had everything really you wanted in a season-ending football game. That's one thing I really like. Now, the two weeks leading up to it, I don't know about you guys, how much you, you tune in to all the shows and all the radio stuff. First of all, I tuned into some radio uh, you know, broadcast on sports. Sports Talk Radio, man, it's become nothing but athletes just shilling. You know, some advertisers, you know, they'll talk with the, the radio host and, and they'll get some things out, but every one of them has some ulterior motive that they're they're shilling something, and that's kind of bizarre to listen to. You know, the typical questions, like you said, the actual football talk for a few minutes, yep. then it's, 
oh, but you're here on part of Dollar Shave Club, or oh, you're exactly. here on part of Gatorade. What do you have to sell there? And then it's five minutes on that. Yeah. So I mean, I you know we get it. You know, you want to have. You want to make some money. You want to have some sponsorships and stuff like that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It is takes away a little bit from the interview. Yeah, it's nothing new, but it just that's just one observation that just kind of bugged me. To, you know, scanning the radio <laughs> dial. I don't. I mean, it is a little bit weird, but I have no problem. I mean, why else would you want to do one of these interviews? I mean, it's, kind of, it's just a, it's a two way street that I think both parties benefit from. It's oh, better yeah. interviews, and it gives them a reason to do the interview. It's the name of the game. You're exactly right. Now, let me ask you this. What about uh, uh, Super Bowl Sunday itself? When do you guys just kind of hunker back, get ready for the game? Do you start right at the 1 o'clock official Fox pregame? Do you start with ESPN in the morning and just work your way up to the game? What's your, what was your uh, game day yesterday? Not not like being a company man or whatever, but I did. I was just curious who ESPN had on their, their Sunday NFL countdown, so I turned it on quick. And right when I turned it on, I don't know, 11 o'clock or something, I was just curious what the, what was going on. Sean McVay was on set with, with Lewis Riddick and Teddy Bruschi. So, I mean, McVay was on there, so I was definitely interested. And right when I was on there, they were breaking down some plays, but they did like a game with him. You know, you always heard mm-hmm. that he's like a genius. He can remember every single play that he's ever coached and everything like that. So they tested him on some random plays. He remembered every play. So that was kind of cool to see. But otherwise, if, if it was the Lions, obviously it would be very different if I was more into the game. But I don't get all locked in really until, I don't know, an hour before the game. So this part sort of played into, as, as we know, I was sick last week. So I had a whole lot of homework. that I, had to, I missed a whole week of classes. So I had a whole lot of homework to catch up on. And so all Sunday morning and all Sunday afternoon, that's what I was doing. So much so that I was almost late for kickoff. I got... Uh, to my TV right as the coin toss was going off. And I think that that might have affected why I wasn't so hyped for this game. But also there wasn't really anything for me to that kind of drew me in that I had to be watching the pregame like I have in years past. I mean, I remember last year watching about six hours worth for the New England Patriots. The thing with the food, and I know this is probably where Ted might have been going with this because it is one of his favorite things, as mine, <laughs> as a little bit more lately, I will admit. But last night, I had I had my first plate. Uh, you know, I had wings, and I also had pizza, a nice double duo. And I had about two slices of pizza and a handful of wings, and I think we've all had this moment where you kind of look at yourself and you're like, I'm a slob. <laughs> Like, this is horrible. And to the point where I lost my appetite and didn't have the normal Super Day, Super Bowl, Super Day feast that I have every year. A little bit disappointing, but the diet started right back up again today because of that moment. I'm a little bit with you there, Jared. I mean, my, my Super Bowl feast, we had a couple people over, my brother-in-law and uh, my good buddy Chris's wife, Deb, was over. But it was a pretty laid-back affair and uh, made a big mistake of going out to the Knights of Columbus chicken dinner after church on Sunday. So I really didn't have much of an appetite. Now, I didn't put away as much as I usually do at Frankenmuth, but... Uh, uh, but I wasn't real hungry, so we just had the whole snack thing, you know, with cheese crackers, you know, bologna, sausage, that type of thing. Oh, we we definitely kind of went all out yesterday. We we got together with a, a group of friends, and we got a, a bunch of food. But uh, like my wife made, you know, charcuterie boards, but she did like a fruit one with like chocolate hummus and like a cream cheese dip for the fruit. And our friends made, like, you know, the classic cheese board and stuff like that with crackers. But then we had, like, enchiladas, buffalo chicken dip, and, you know, there were, like, some brownies and some other stuff like that. But I think all of us, we had been talking about it for, like, a week leading up how excited we were for the spread. And, yeah, we all kind of, like, talked about how disappointed we were <laughs> in ourselves with how much food we ate last night. Because, yeah, we went all out. The food, food was top-notch last night for us. You didn't spill any barbecue sauce on your Detroit Lions well, gear, did you? I did not. I, I made sure I was very careful. I, that's that's the first time I've wore that Desmond Howard Lions jersey. So I was like, I have to be very careful not to get anything on this. Matt, now Matt's family is kind of you're kind of like a hipster family where I've seen p- pictures of you eating guacamole. Like what's it called, California style pizza, where it's basically guacamole and vegetables. Was that kind of did you, did you spoil the Super Bowl spread by bringing like? I don't even cauliflower tater tot bites. <laughs> no, we, we talked about it, making the cauliflower. My wife has made the cauliflower, like, chicken wings, but, you know, instead of chicken, it's cauliflower. But, oh. no, we, we went the more traditional, like, actual buffalo chicken dip, actual chicken in the enchiladas and stuff. We don't want to switch it up too much, but the fruit, 
the fruit charcuterie board was really good. That was a nice touch by my by my wife. But you know, I, so what do you guys think about the the biggest topic? I think other than the food, we obviously talk food a lot. Game was cool. The halftime show, though. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, were, were you pretty locked in? So I'm, I'm personally, I, I tweeted out, and some people replied or whatever. I don't, I don't understand. I'm to the point where I don't understand why people. It's one thing if you don't like the music. I understand if, you know, last year was Maroon Five, and if they're just not that kind of music, you don't like it. Okay, not everyone likes that kind of music. Or Shakira, J Lo. You know, I understand that. But like the entertainment value, I don't understand people who just hate every halftime show or hate every show or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that, you know, people are jumping on to hate. Because if you watch that, the, like a, the production value in that, we were talking about how impressive it is that they can, like, wheel the stage out so quick, get the lights off. You know, they obviously practice it. The production value, the choreography, the dancing, and just the talent of these people. Like, how you can't just, okay, if you don't like the music, that's one thing. But how you can't just, like, sit back and enjoy, like, the entertainment value of those shows. I undersold that aspect of the halftime show going into it because when I heard that Shakira and Jennifer Lopez were going to be doing the show, I originally thought, like, they have maybe three hits between them. I'm not really sure what they're going to sing. And it basically ended up just being them lip-syncing and dancing, which I was a big fan of. A uh, tweet that I did see was from actually from my grandpa. He said, I don't know what the theme is, but it looks good. <laughs> and I tend to agree with that analysis. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little upset we didn't get a Pitbull cameo. I thought that was coming, but instead we got a guy named Bad Bunny, who I didn't even know who that was, and I can't imagine what Ted thought watching that, where there you got this rapper that even kids don't know, so I can't imagine how out of place you felt watching oh, that. I, the, my comment was, who is it? I mean, I, I, I said to my <laughs> wife, I said, man, they ought to do a little closed caption or something under it, tell us who that is. <laughs> I can't believe there's a lot of uproar, especially from... I think my generation, especially females of my generation, thought it was the most disgusting thing ever. And let's face it, it was a little risque. You got to admit. I mean, <laughs> I mean pole, pole dancing. I mean, there were some pretty good crotch shots too. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, oh boy. But I, I enjoyed it. And, and to, and to be frank, I mean, you know, Shakira and J Lo. You guys tell me if I'm right or wrong. I mean, if there's somebody like, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, who, who's a real hot young star nowadays? I thought you were going to throw out Cardi B. I thought that was where you were going. With no, that. no, but I mean, you know, when you talk about a twenty-something, and I'm and I'm here, I am sixty-three, saying, "Man, she was hot." That, that sounds a little perverted, but you know, <laughs> Shakira at what I think forty-three and J Lo at fifty. Now I don't feel so bad saying, "Man, they look pretty, pretty good." I was going to say they're not much younger than you, so really, like that's that, that's not that's not like a creeper comment, I don't think. And that that like goes to my point, like okay, like yes, it, it definitely was a little risque. It was you know the performance was a little on the like sexual side or whatever you want to say, but like I don't understand why people can't just uh, like appreciate the performance. It's not like they were naked, you know, like they were covered up. You know, it was a little provocative, but like. I don't know. I just appreciate the talent, and I appreciate all the like production and everything like that. And obviously, they they look good while doing it, so oh, that's yeah. that's not too bad either. Well, you said it all. I mean, when you watch that performance, I mean, it was pretty much flawless. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember back years ago when Madonna was on stage; she was stiff as a board. But I mean, they pulled off every. I didn't see any mistakes at all. No, no. And and the big debate that's rolling around is who kind of won the, I don't know what you want, the twerk contest between J-Lo and Shakira. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I think Shakira won it. She's just a great dancer. She kind of came out of the clouds. I agree. And what? And J-Lo, you always knew that J-Lo was really good looking and obviously very talented, but I, I mean, my big takeaway is Shakira stole the show. And and, yeah. and, the, and the song Hips Don't Lie by her, the, when those horns hit, like like we saw uh, about midway through the performance, it it's a, it's a next-level song. That's one that's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Those hips don't lie. And I did. We, we talked about it on Entertainment Tonight before, the, the movie Hustlers that J-Lo recently did. Yep. We did end up watching that, my wife and I. And I knew that she, there would be some pole dancing involved with the talent that she has on the pole after seeing that movie Hustlers. And, yeah, she didn't disappoint. You know, and how strong do you got to be? To, to work the pole like she did. I mean, seriously. <laughs> work the pole. But, yeah, I just okay, imagine. I pole imagine. Dancing, yeah. Your core. You better uh, have some strong abs for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> all, the, uh, all that was going around on Twitter was, oh, do Shakira's hips lie? Like, they don't lie. And I, those are the type of jokes that both of you guys, not that you guys are 
really old, but the type of jokes that my generation would think are stupid, but you guys would think are hilarious. And it sounds like Matt did. Yeah. I mean, it's just a classic dad joke. Sure. <laughs> exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. I just, wanna, I just want to keep my granddaughters off the pole in the future. That's all. Yeah. What did you think? Are you okay with your granddaughters watching that? Nah. Well, they're too young right now. But I, I, I would feel a little bit uncomfortable if they were, mm, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. That'd be kind of awkward sitting there watching it with them. What, how, what do you think, Matt? I mean, I think it's, I, I don't know. You know, everyone has their different stance. I think it's one of those things, like, if you can explain, like, you can, you know, dance like this, have these performances, as long as you respect yourself, you know, as long as you're not doing it. Why is she grabbing her crotch, Daddy? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's just one of those conversations I guess I'll look forward to or I won't necessarily look forward to having when the time comes. <laughs> I, I, that, that would be my, my biggest line is, you know, like if, if this is what you're going to do, you're going to be a performer, you know, just respect yourself. There you go. My last thing I will say on it is uh, let's just, I, I'm lucky that I watched this about, five years later than when I was in my teenage years, oh. because if I was a teenager when this was going on, probably would have had to make a pit stop. Let's say that I'm watching it at Ted's uh, house for a Super Bowl party. Probably would have had to make a little bit of a 10-minute pit stop in his bathroom. <laughs> Where's Jared? <laughs> Been gone for 20 minutes. I get what you're saying there, young man. I'll tell you. All right. Well, I think we've talked the Super Bowl enough. We don't need to break down the game. Everybody saw it. it congratulations to Kansas City and uh, the three of us, uh, the three-point pod rating on the halftime show has got to be uh, right up there close to a three, right? Three for me. I'll give it a three. Yeah. Yeah, three for me as well. Unanimous. All right. Well, listen, guys, we gotta we got to take a short break. But before we do, I want to tell our listeners about the Corona Connection. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at coronaconnection.com. And speaking of Corona, make Corona your school of choice. Beginner Garden and Kindergarten registration for next fall is coming up March 5th and 6th. Young or old, it's great to be gold. Also, Advanced Elevator Company features top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader, and longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools, also a proud partner of Three Point Podcast. All right, guys, I mean, we, we talked about the Super Bowl, but uh, we didn't talk about the elephant in the room. That was Jared calling in sick last week, and I remember... You know, we'll set the stage a little bit maybe for callers or listeners that haven't heard the story. I had hip replacement surgery and missed one podcast because I couldn't climb up 35 steps. But I was back the next week. Jared not only missed a show because of illness, but he had his mom call in sick for him. Not even a text from the young guy. Man, he must have been on his deathbed. I was going to say, I mean, you know, you're always like a mama's boy, no matter how long, how old you get or, you know, whatever, like, you, you know, your mom will always take care of you. But hearing that, that she had to, like, do the dirty business for him, it, that was kind of like, man, a yeah, quick, he better be really sick. I mean, a quick text by saying, hey, guys, I'm sick. I can't make it. End right. of text. So especially, especially when I saw him on Twitter and stuff like that, like, I know he's alive. <laughs> so let me just to floor, tell the, the story, I'll go back. To, I, this is what I chalk it up to, okay? So all weekend I was up north, you know, grinding, pouring concrete, and I was so exhausted. Right as I get in the car to relax, what do I have awaiting me but a text from my Uncle Ted in a group chat with Matt that says Co- Kobe is dead, basically. No, it said Kobe a little bit. shit. <laughs> so all of a sudden I start feeling horrible. I'm sick. I I get home and I wake up on Monday morning and I don't know if you guys can imagine, but imagine your body just cannot contain heat where it's the winter months and you just, you can't go anywhere, but under the 10 blankets in your room. And even then you're curled up in a ball and still freezing. I had a headache from hell. I couldn't eat. I thought I had the coronavirus. If we're being honest, I thought I had the coronavirus. So for unselfish reasons, I decided that I should probably stay home. I mean, the flu is killing people. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no need. I don't know. There's no need for you to thank me, Ted, but I would have been right within close quarters of you. And you definitely, I mean, let's be honest, 63 years old, not in the greatest of shape. You would have probably been dead already. Wait a minute. You're telling me I would have caught the flu from you on the phone? That's interesting. I'll get so as for calling in (laughs) into the show, this was the second decision I had to make. Uh, what's that old adage that we like to talk about in here? A team can win a game without its star like one time. <laughs> if I was at 
that would have been a disservice to this show. <laughs> and since I wasn't there, you guys kind of knew that you had to step up and give your best all-around effort, which was a great podcast, by the way. Thank you. And you did just that. So it was for just know that I made that decision out of unselfish reasons. It wasn't because I just didn't want to come in to record. Fair enough. And that just means also that in the future, I guess, we will never hear about me not making the podcast after hip replacement surgery too, right? Well, the difference was you could call in, you were in no pain. You basically were celebrating how great your hip was feeling and yet you still couldn't come couldn't call into the podcast well, once again, and then you proceeded to mock our video our audio quality <laughs> a few days later because you weren't here to record it in the studio that was a different pod but i get what you're saying but i i never had the open option to call in but okay we'll move on from that and, and one more thing so as for as for having my mom uh text you that i wasn't coming in i couldn't move and my phone had been dead and that's when you know i mean i'm a millennial or right whatever. So that's without my phone, that's, you must you can you can you can understand how poorly I felt. I was waiting up until the the last second because I was planning on doing the podcast, you know, like Michael Jordan's flu game, but I just couldn't do it. And it, it came down to the last second. My phone was dead. Rather than getting up out of the bed, which I was already freezing my nuts off in, I just said, two birds, one stone." Mom, just shoot him a text. Say I can't come in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, good on good on her for taking care of her little boy again. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of does put to bed the ripping on Ted for missing one for for the hip replacement. Yeah, it's quite a stretch that the phone is dead for Mister Millennial, and you, you couldn't even plug it in and then text. <laughs> I was going to say, he, you, know, you asked your mom to send the text. You couldn't have asked her to plug your phone in by your bed. I, I tell you what, he had to be he had to be as sick as I mean, really, he is lucky to be here. If he could not plug his phone in and send a, a three, oh, let me just text. explain to you the personal. While the personal hell is not, I would believe me, I would have rather came in and talked about the whole Kobe Bryant and everything right. like that. But I was living in a personal hell. I, the only place that I was comfortable was in my shower with the heat fully blasted. That was the only place that I was warm. Other than that, I was ice cold everywhere. Well, I, will, I couldn't podcast in those conditions. Just I will say it. this. You must have been really sick. I will, I will say that. I'll give you that. You had to have been. But still, a simple text. Give me a break. Right. All right. Now... <laughs> We're going to talk about a few topics. Uh, Matt and I did break down the whole Kobe tragedy, and uh, now that you've had a week off, I mean, I know it's it's still it's still news. Some of your thoughts when you did hear that, and thoughts on Kobe. One of the downsides to being sick on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm a huge podcast guy, and my room doesn't have a TV in it. So I was listening to basically every single podcast, every single piece of content under the world about. Kobe Bryant's death. Mm -hmm. And it, what's crazy to me is that it kind of showed you that second chances really are a thing because you've almost not at all heard about the Colorado incident, the the rape allegation. That's all been basically swept under the rug, but that's because he's, since that moment, he's been basically a model citizen. I mean, the perfect dad. He's been so Without like, forthright with women's rights and women's sports that it's kind of been forgotten. And Although I think it did get a little bit overboard where people who you know don't even know who Kobe Bryant was. Maybe this is just more of a personal complaint where almost every single girl I know who's around my age who I know for a fact you didn't know who Kobe Bryant was was almost posting pictures and videos of him just to kind of blend in with the cool crowd. And I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's – that shouldn't be my biggest takeaway. But that was just something that kind of bothered me a little bit throughout the whole week where all, everything was Kobe Bryant. As for my last kind of thoughts on it, I can only imagine how Matt was Matt is feeling because Kobe's his guy. Right. I mean, Kobe, I I kind of respected what he did, but we've had many arguments on here how James Harden is better than him. So that can kind of explain to you where he kind of ranks on my importance scale. I can only imagine if something like this happened to LeBron James or Tom Brady, somebody who's kind of really been – because Kobe was a little bit before my time really, when he was popular. I mean, I was only like eight years old when he was winning NBA Finals, whereas Matt kind of grew up with him. He's around the same exact age as him. Mm -hmm. So I just can't imagine what that would be like for somebody who is that big of a fan. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. It was definitely tough. It was one of those, like we said, like it was, it was hard to believe for the longest time. And then especially with the stories, you know, all these false 
reports, I guess, coming out and all that stuff made it just, like, really, it was one of those things, like, you were, it was this, like, tragedy, I don't know what other word to use than tragedy, that you're, like, trying to keep up with in real time. Yeah. I'm sitting there, you know, I had Sports Center on, listening to all their talk and, and their guests that they're having on, while also, look, just, like, especially before even Sports Center came on, I was on Twitter just, like, refresh, 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 like, sitting there, and, and I think I even saw, like, Twitter was, like, <laughs> almost like getting shut down because so many people were running to Twitter to see what went on. And so you're like sitting there trying to find this out in real time. So it was kind of like a surreal, I don't know, day, day or a couple days. And yeah, people are still talking about you it. Know, so. You know, we talked about it last week a little bit too, Matt, about what, what event was similar to that. We talked about the Magic Johnson announcement and uh, John Lennon getting shot. But I, afterwards I thought about probably, and it was very similar, the JFK Jr. plane crash. I remember that, you know, that was like, he was as big as it gets at that time. He had the whole world in front of him as well. And of course it wasn't sports related, but that's probably the one moment that, that probably was close to me as the Kobe Bryant thing. I don't even know. I'm not even going to act like I even know what that event is, but so this is JFK's son. Yeah, and he was he was a pilot. He was flying a small plane. He was flying a small plane from New York with his wife and his sister-in-law, and he got lost. He lost his bearings basically in the fog and at night, and then crashed in the ocean, and and they all died. So it was kind of similar. So so another problem that I kind of had with what's been going on with kind of just the coverage, I guess, is have you noticed that since he died, every single game, every single player, everything they do is either they they say it's an ode to kobe or like it's a crazy coincidence like for example they say like listen to this stat trey young is the first player to have 40 a 45 point double double with under 25 field goal attempts against the washington wizards since kobe bryant it's like things like that i was seeing that left and right all over Mm -hmm. so like not everything has to be tied back to kobe bryant right yeah i Uh, think they were uh whatever decision was made as far as the coverage you know like let's because it does seem like it's backed off a little bit. You know, there was probably like a, maybe let's go for a week. Or probably, I I feel like the big one was like, let's go until the Lakers at least play again. Yeah. Until the Lakers give their tribute. Which I don't know if you guys watched that, but that was just like. Unbelievable. That was, yeah, unbelievable is a great word. Because, like, I, I, I tweeted out, but I, I didn't know what to expect. You, know, I, there, you knew they were going to do something. that Everyone knew it. But I was like, I don't know what are they going to sing. I didn't know LeBron was going to speak. That was just. Uh, amazing like listening to him talk it, it made me I, I know I've hated on LeBron a lot but it made me like actually a little bit of a LeBron fan I mean he's playing for the Lakers so I am in that sense but like you know hearing what he had to say about Kobe and the impact and you know how he wants to carry on his legacy and stuff like that made me I don't re- give a little more respect for LeBron but I mean the singing boys the men and Usher oh, yeah. and stuff and it just it just shows you that the huge impact that he had on a lot of people. Well, you talk about LeBron too. He even got the the Mamba tattoo on his leg, right? Right. Yeah, him and Anthony Davis. So yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. The, this shows you how old I am. I thought Boys to Men was a rap group, and it turns <laughs> out they're basically like a Bone Thugs and Harmony singing group, yeah. which I did not know. Yeah. The as the the I loved the LeBron speech as well. That was one thing where I was actually at work and a whole group had basically gathered around to hear what he said. Turned the volume way up, muted everything else, and everyone was basically glued to the screen watching what he had to say. We were robbed a little bit of a great moment, which was that we could have had LeBron pass Kobe. Like, let's say that he was 10 points shy when uh, the game uh, last Saturday, right, the Sunday right before Kobe passed away. Like, let's say that he was three points short. And then he, we had the moment where he passed Kobe uh, on the scoring list. I mean, you do got to think Kobe's competitive spirit. It must have probably bothered him a little bit that LeBron beat him. Uh, and then it's just kind of unfortunate they ended up dying a day later. Yeah, that timing was unbelievable. Especially for guys like Matt who, who have been battling the Kobe versus LeBron. I mean, that's kind of like the, a little twist in the, of the knife in a way. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what's crazy is, I mean, yeah, definitely you know the competitive spirit of Kobe. But, like, people have talked about how – like in his adult life, his post NBA life, he's like kind of almost changed in a sense. Like he just completely respects the game. He like he would talk about how he knows his his legacy is set in the NBA. Like he he's there. He won the championships, MVP. Like he did what he did in the NBA. He just wants to like respect the game. And that was his final tweet. Was immediately after LeBron 
past him, and he said, like, carry on the game or, you know, moving forward in the game. So, yeah, I'm sure it was a little bit of a, you know, (coughs) in the gut, you know, like, ah, man, I'm getting passed by LeBron. But, I mean, it was inevitable. LeBron's still going to play for a few more years. Right. So, you know, it's just interesting to see kind of his life change a little bit, you know. And I, I heard some people talk about how, like, I forget who exactly. I heard a few people say, like, how, you know, obviously the work that he put in playing in the NBA, there was joy there. He loved winning. He loved playing basketball. He loved playing in the Olympics, all of that stuff. But people saying, like, I think it was like Paul Pierce was talking about the the commitment that all pro athletes, but especially a guy like Kobe who puts all of his life into the sport that they're playing, that, like, they never saw him happier than these last few years since he was retired where, like, yeah, he's pouring his life into, like, his production company and all that stuff, but, like, he's just being a family man. He's just being a dad. He's actually getting to enjoy life. Like, that's the stuff that makes it, like, super sad because obviously he set his goals to be the greatest basketball player ever, and, you know, he committed to that. But he was just finally starting to get to actually, like, enjoy life with his kids and his wife and stuff, and, you know, got cut short. So Yeah, my final thought on that is, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, but it was before the L. Duncan uh, commentary. And when she had, that was one of the most, that hit me home. That hit home for me really hard. I mean, you know, he, he was asked, his wife said, oh, well, if we have another kid, maybe we'll have a boy. And he says, I don't care. I'm a girl dad. Give me five more girls. I mean, and you guys know I'm a girl dad. I'm a girl granddad. And that said it all to me, man, that really hit me hard. Yeah. Probably out of all of it. Yeah. You were the first person I thought of, uh, when I heard that and here, Am I the only one that is a little bit surprised? I mean, in today's day and age on Twitter, everything gets canceled. I thought for sure that after the first outpouring of kind of the Kobe supporters that there was going to be the backlash to, you know, obviously he's at a checkered pass. So I just, am I the only one that's kind of surprised that that hasn't really happened? I think some people have come out and brought it up, but I think a lot of people have said, like, there's a time and place. Like, you know, when a tragedy like that happens, it's one of those things like, okay, yes, it, it it did happen. You can't ignore it. It's part of his legacy. It's part of his story. But, like, how long are you going to hold someone hostage for, like, something they did a long time ago in their past? You know, like you said, you started this all yeah. off. Like, America is the land of second chances or, you know. And he was he had an impec- impeccable reputation from that moment on. He turned everything around. And I think that's what really his all-time legacy is going to be. You know, there's nobody other than the two people that were involved in that case can ever, can ever, you know, relate what really happened, and one's gone. Uh, Speaking of Kobe Bryant, I had the opportunity to watch what many people are saying is the next LeBron or the next Kobe Bryant, and that is Imani Bates. Imani Bates, excuse me. And he actually came over into Grand Rapids for the Grand Rapids Union basketball tournament, which is a huge. Uh, deal here every single year i mean over five thousand to ten thousand tickets are sold to this thing everyone packs in for an entire day of basketball games and he was the headliner the 815 kick against um scooby johnson of benton harbor and i was basically tasked with going to this um and covering this game and basically at the last second on Saturday, like, hey, we need you to go to this event. But I was given the premise, like, be safe. Like, they, they have locked people out since about 5 p.m. There's about 400 people waiting outside these doors trying to get in. And the cops just will not let them in because they're at capacity. So as I'm walking up to this door, it's essentially what I would imagine, like, my closest experience to a riot where people are just bitching about how <laughs> this is so poorly organized. They're pounding on the glass at the security guards who are basically staring them down. <laughs> and I'm under the conundrum that I need to get into this place. And no one, no one's getting out. No one's getting in. It's basically the whole place is essentially on lockdown. And I'm luckily, I go up to a few different security guards and say, hey, like, I'm here for the media. And they basically for lack of better terms, basically told me to kick rocks until finally one security guard saw me and waved to me. And this is what I, the experience that I was dealing with is I had the camera, I had the media pass. Basically that meant to everybody else, follow this guy because sooner or later a door is going to be open and we're going to follow him in. So as I'm climbing, so the, this, the, the event was at city high, which is right downtown Grand Rapids. And there's a bunch of hills, and it's a really cool school, but it's shut down. It used to be Creston. No one, no one, no school plays there anymore. I had to climb this whole st- flight of floors, 
and there's just a group of about 15 people following me up. And I'm kind of like trying to build as much of a distance as I can because I know that it's going to be a big problem when I do get to this door trying to get in without them, without everybody else getting in. So what happens is I get to this door, security guard lets me in, and almost immediately this group is trying to get in behind it. And he's, he's basically yelling at them saying, you have to get away from this area, it's a security zone, you cannot be standing in front of the glass here. And luckily I got in, and let me tell you, he's the real deal. But, man, no, I've never seen people so fanatic over just a high school basketball player. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a high school basketball game. And there's 400 people waiting to get in, and they stayed until after the game. Around 10 o'clock, I'm trying to leave after the third quarter, and I have to get escorted to even leave. It's just insane that I, it's just really cool, I guess, in a sense, but also just crazy that people care that much about a high school basketball game. You set it up. He's supposed to be, what, he's a sophomore, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's only in 10th grade, but right, people, especially in the state of Michigan, he might be one of the best recruits to come out of Michigan in a long time, you know, if he keeps progressing, and yeah, he's supposed, he's expected to be the next Kevin Durant, LeBron, or something like that, especially if the one-and-done rule is gone by the time he uh, is able to either go pro or, you know, go to college, but it just makes you think about, like, think, he's, he's definitely a big story, definitely in Michigan. I don't know. He's definitely not as big of a national story, at least yet, as like a Zion, you know, was. You know, he's mm-hmm. probably like the most recent. So think about how you're explaining. You painted the picture of that crazy scene, people wanting to watch him play. But just imagine what it was like for a kid like Zion, who was this like national phenomenon. Every game was like thousands of people. Like it is crazy to think about. Like this is a high school kid. Well, let me put it in three point podcast perspective, fellas. I'm the old dog. We all know that. This sounds, the way Jared laid it out, it sounds exactly what it was like when Magic Johnson was a sophomore. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. It sounds exactly like that. I can't think of anybody since Magic here in the state of Michigan that had that kind of hype. That now there's there's been some tremendous players have come through the state of Michigan without a doubt. Even in uh, your generation, Jared, maybe Miles Bridges, even though he transferred to a prep school, who would you who would you put on that level in your short lifetime? So I remember. So like Matt mentioned, Zion Williamson versus Lamelo Ball was an AAU basketball game, yeah. uh, and they didn't even let LeBron in. That was kind of the big thing was that it was to max capacity that they couldn't even fit LeBron in, which is crazy to think that LeBron, who could basically buy his way and is so well-known that he can get in almost anywhere, but he couldn't get into a high school basketball game. Hmm. And now I remember, I like for one recent story that I actually remember reading, a guy that I was just obsessed with growing up, Achille Carr, who was a little five foot six point guard who ended up going to Seton Hall for a little bit. He was actually called the Baltimore Crime Stopper because when his games were going on, I guess like the crime rate went down in the city because every single person in this town went to this game. So, I mean, there are a lot of cool – it's just it's really cool to see. But I just – man, I just – people were losing their minds about to basically go to jail just to see this sophomore play basketball. Just crazy. I have a couple more questions. Does any – first of all – can you think of anybody, either one of you, in the state of Michigan that has anywhere near that kind of hype on a national level? I mean, you're bringing up Zion, of course, and that's that's a national deal, but can you think of any stars in Michigan high school that would have had anywhere near that kind of pub? You mean like, like now or recently? Well, in your lifetime. I mean, I'm bringing up Magic. You guys weren't around when Magic was in high school. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to go off the top of my head. I'm, I'm thinking, like, I think Chris Webber. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Weber was a pretty big. He may not have been as big as Magic. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of him in eighth grade in the Detroit Free Press, and I still have it somewhere in my boxes of junk. But uh, <laughs> that's a good example. Yeah, yeah. There's not. There's not really. And I guess Imani Bates will be the next kind of guy unless he goes to. But so many of them go to like a Miles Bridges. They go. They leave Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to prep schools. They don't. We don't really have that. And that's kind of one of those things. A lot of people are complaining. You know, obviously because a lot of people didn't get in. That this event every year, the showcase should be moved to a college like Calvin or Van Andel Arena. And I disagree. I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, the is the Breslin is cool. But the fact that even in the biggest of height of state championship games, it's still only about halfway full. It kind of takes away from the environment a little bit, and when you're at this, when you're at a place, I don't care if it's a smaller gym, 
and it's max capacity, it makes the event feel a lot bigger than it really is. Yeah, I agree with you there, and I was going to ask that as my next follow-up question. You, you set the stage well. You said it was at the old Grand Rapids Creston School. I remember Creston, now, but I don't remember ever going there. Is this right in the, right in the inner city, and is this like a real old-style gym? Yeah, real old-school old gym uh, with four kind of – it's like a box setting where you got the two big bleachers on the sides and then the two smaller ones behind the hoops. Right. And it's right outside of, you know, the main city. It's it's uh, It was a stone's throw from my work where – and it's it's the, the parking, it's sort of like the Owasso football field where it's right in the middle of like a neighborhood is kind of how I would describe it, where right. I had to park right outside of somebody's house. So it really cool, um, just kind of ambiance, I guess you could say, to the place, and it's old school. I think you would have really enjoyed it. Yeah, I love but those old school, old school gyms and packed to the gills and hotter than hell inside there. Where where did you set up behind the or behind I the baseline? The or? There was about a group of about thirty, and this is when you know it's a big deal. Slam uh, is there. I can't imagine maybe some sort of ESPN story was there. There's so many different media people there that there's about three rows of us just sitting on each of the baselines with cameras shooting this game. Wow. So, pretty big deal. But Awesome. Yeah, who knows? That might be one of those, I mean, with those big recruits, you know, that kid Scooby, but then especially Bates, if he ends up being as big of a recruit, you know, as a Magic Johnson or something like that. Yeah, you, that might be up on, like, some, like, 30 for 30 type of documentary, you know, something like that, and you can be like, I was there. And you have, like, a pretty awesome story. Absolutely. I just looked up a list of Michigan's all-time greatest high school basketball players. Magic Johnson, far and away, is the best. Right. Whoever's number two, um, I'll just name off a few. Gary Tompkins. I, I remember him. I think he was from the Grand Rapids area. Uh, Glenn Rice. Of course. Drew Neitzel. Another Grand Rapids. Yeah. George Gervin. Oh, I forgot about Gervin. Yep. Draymond Green, he's up there. I forgot. I, you know, I, I remember that, but I just kind of forgot. Dan Marley right. went to a Traverse City school. And then, yeah, like Jalen Rose, Jason Richardson, Denzel Valentine, some of those guys. So yeah, Michigan's been yeah. pretty well represented by decent players. Yeah. It's funny to look at the list and a lot of – I mean, a few of them went to Michigan, but a lot of these guys went to Michigan State. Right. That the, the, that Lansing Sexton team filled a lot of gyms. I mean, they had four different Division One players. I mean, that's the best team I've ever seen. And I can basically every single game they played was probably similar to what I experienced on Saturday. So wow. yeah. I would say that's a close second to like the Magic Johnson you're saying. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun to watch his career unfold. I hope he stays in the state and doesn't do the prep school thing. But uh, I'd be shocked if he if he didn't leave. You know, before we wrap up this segment, let's briefly talk a little bit about our college teams. I mean, it's up and down, up and down. Uh, MSU, you would have thought they would have definitely had a great chance against Wisconsin on the road, but Wisconsin missing a couple key players, and Badgers found a way to beat the Spartans 64-63. Let's start there first. Uh, is this just going to be one of these seasons? Do you think they'll still hang on and win the Big Ten? Yeah, personally, I, I still think they're the favorite, you know, I don't. There's just other teams that I like. Don't trust, if you want to say it that way. You know, Rutgers, Illinois, Minnesota. You know, even Ohio State was up there, but they've obviously slipped a ton. Michigan was even up there, and they've slipped a ton. So, it, you know, if you're gonna trust one team, if you want to say it that way, it's gonna be a team led by Izzo, Tillman, Cassius Winston. You know, I, I would just think they're gonna like do enough to win the Big Ten. At least is my gut feeling. Yeah. Probably right, and you know we're coming down big time stretch now. We'll be talking about the Michigan Michigan State game coming up down the road. Michigan found a way to win, kind of on the road. I mean, they it wasn't at Rutgers Gym, but it was at Madison Square Garden. The Wolverines seemed to rise to the occasion, and uh, they defeated Rutgers sixty nine sixty three. And Brandon Johns out of Lansing area, a, a career high twenty. Man, if if he can start playing well down the stretch, it'll, that'll help him. Yeah, it's just such a bummer that as soon as Isaiah Livers came back from injury. He basically re-injured himself. Right. So we haven't really seen this Michigan team at full strength since the the um, battle for Atlantis tournament. But the whole Big Ten, man, it's, it's crazy how they're just beating each other up. And I think that that kind of speaks more to not – I mean, normally Michigan State is kind of a, like a little bit above the rest of the league. But, man, the fact that we haven't had a title in 20 years and you just see – kind of this sort of storyline play out year after year where Big Ten play, teams are just beating each other left and right. It just makes you wonder, like, we're not 
quite to the same standard as the ACC. I've seen some people talk about that, especially like being here at the SEC Network and now actually the ACC Network is here too, but um, just hearing some people talk about it, whether it's like fans, people who went to these schools or analysts or whatever, that you know, whether it's true or whether it's just a, a theory or whatever, obviously there's always great teams or very good teams in the Big Ten, but people like have talked about how, it's same with football too, how if the teams, you know, the coaches, if they kind of recruit to the style of the Big Ten and it doesn't necessarily like translate in the in March Madness or like in the college football playoff now, like, you know, they recruit for those like tough, hard-nosed, bad weather Big Ten football games, or these tough, you know, these Michigan State teams that just like battle down low and are so tough. But you know, once you get to the tournament, maybe not necessarily enough like high-flying scoring and stuff like that. You know, I don't know if that's true or not, but sometimes it's hard to dispute because when you watch some of the like better ACC or SEC teams, or even like the Pac-12. You know, they're a little more athletic, you know, play a little faster and stuff like that sometimes. Now, would you guys think, what's your personal opinion, you know, with the Big Ten beating on each other this year and it's really hard to get a feel, do you think the league is down or do you think it's it's strong as ever? I think it's down. I, I mean, because especially, I mean, if you have if you have the kind of pedigree that the ACC has where they're producing champions, you know, almost every single year, Right. then I think you could say, oh, it's like this, the whole league is really good this year. But I think it's more of just everyone's not quite, you know, that good this year. Where I feel like last year we had a lot of teams that kind of separated themselves, like Michigan, Michigan State. Now it's just the teams like Rutgers, and I know they're better, but still, I mean, you don't – I don't think there's five different teams that make a big jump one year. I think it's more of a few of those top teams kind of took – uh, step down, and now these bottom tier teams like Illinois, Rutgers are getting these marquee wins against the Michigan States, the Michigans, the the Wisconsin. I think that's in the Indianas, and I think that that's kind of what's making everything sort of even. I don't think it's necessarily that the whole conference is good. Yeah, and I think to that point, I think that might the you know you you've seen the records how bad Big Ten teams have been on the road. It's been a little better lately, but, you know, overall, Big Ten teams on the road haven't been good. I think that's just, like, a testament to the teams are, like, overall just not great. Because, you know, if you're a very good team, if you're a national championship contending team, you'll go on the road and win. You know, it, that's not that big of a task. But, you know, Michigan State struggles on the road. Michigan, other teams, everyone's been struggling on the road. So, But you, you never know. Like, there are teams with talent, you know. I mean, who knows? Even Say Isaiah Livers does come back and is actually healthy. Like you said, Brandon Johns is coming on. If Simpson can kind of get things going, they won that tournament, that early season tournament. They could be a team to make a little noise. There, I feel like there are some other teams than obviously Michigan State who, if they just, like, get on a roll, they're yeah. healthy and can, like, get hot, they could make some noise in the tournament because overall, all of college basketball, like, no one's really dominating. Yeah, it's been a weird year in college hoops for sure. Baylor's still hanging out at the number one spot. I think they've won 18 straight, but – are we really that excited about Baylor? I mean, I'm sure they're no. they're they're good, but yeah, it's it's just one of those years. Anything can go, you know. And a lot of it's going to depend on first of all getting into the tournament, right. and then and then the draw. You know, where you where you who you play and where at. Yep. I can't wait, man. I love this time of year. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's a little bit of a down year in college basketball, though. That's my only, True. and I feel like that's said almost every single year. But I think we all, I mean, Ted, can, I, we don't really know anyone that's, like the Duke doesn't have the Zion Williamson. No. I mean, obviously not every single year is going to have a Zion Williamson, but it's just tough when you come off of that year. And then the year before you have a Trey Young. Yeah. And now there's really no one. And, and I know that it's said oftentimes, oh, like college basketball is not what it used to be, not what it used to be. But this year I feel like you really do feel that. Yeah. It'll, well, either way, it's still going to be interesting when we get to the tournament. I mean, you know. It might even make it more interesting because you just don't know what's going to happen, I guess. I th- <laughs> but I, but I, I like the not knowing what's going to happen, but I like it when it's – I mean, we might not have North Carolina in the tournament. Probably I not. like it when you have about 10 to 15 teams that are top-tier, big-time, big-name programs that can mix it up a little bit. Yeah. This year just seems like it, everyone's kind of on the same tier. Well, we'll definitely but be tuned in. That's what might make it interesting with the Big Ten is if – like. Michigan plays Ohio State tomorrow night on, on Tuesday night, and I think the difference between a win and a loss, like they'll be if they win, they'll be like a game or two out of second place in the Big Ten. But if they lose, they'll be all the way down to like twelfth place in the Big 12, Big Ten. <laughs> so like the the Big Ten is just a, a 
like a jumbled up mess. So who knows who's actually going to make the tournament? Yeah, it's a log jam. And here's here, and I, and I, I think you guys would be smart to follow my advice on this. Every year I get burned by it. There's always those last, like last year is Minnesota. The last, you know, two, three fringe Big Ten teams that make it into the tournament that were on the bubble, they always lose round one. They always lose round one because, but you're always tainted because you're like, oh, like I watched them beat Michigan State on a Tuesday night in January. They they are good. And just don't let that sour your mood or your sour your mind. Just Trust me on that one. You'll, that you'll thank in, me later. I'll keep that in mind, especially when I go make my first legal bet, whenever that's going to be. <laughs> any any word on that, by the way? <laughs> I, I believe that it's coming down the pipe quick. I, I, I My dad sent me an article that one of the – one of the smaller casinos up north in Petoskey or one of those places, I don't know, is basically breaking ground on a sports book that's going to be within a month is going to be fully built and kind of operating. Wow. But they need to get to work. Like, I don't know how if you're Soaring Eagle one of the, or, or one of the casinos in Detroit, I don't know how as soon as that sports book or as soon as gambling was legalized, I don't know how you didn't have a sports book open that day and just capitalize on that. Well, you've because if you remember, New Jersey, had they had empty ones where you'd see pictures on Twitter, and it's like, oh, well, they're just waiting for gambling to get legalized. And basically, as soon as gambling was legalized, it was everywhere. Yeah, I can't believe it either. I mean, they've already let the Super Bowl slip by. You would think they would try to get something going by March Madness. It'd be a natural. Yeah, if you if you were gonna like release it at some time, it would be that weekend, that first weekend of the tournament. That yeah. would be the time to open up your sports book. You would think. Yeah, no, in Michigan, they'll open it up right about uh, two weeks into the baseball season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make, make baseball a bit already out of it. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, are you looking for some fun? Stop into Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Weekends are really hot as you can cheer on the Spartans, Wolverines, Red Wings, and Pistons. Over 20 high-def TVs and awesome food and drink. Come on in Thursdays at 6.30 for their weekly Opinion Nation show. It's similar to Family Feud and Trivial Pursuit with all kinds of great prizes and the very best part. It's free to play. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. And you know, everybody likes a great deal, right? Well, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The auction house is jam-packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications or call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELF for other details. Well, guys, let's get this little shortened version of Tedertainment tonight underway. And, you know, we talked the Super Bowl a little bit, but uh, commercials. Everybody wants to watch the commercials. Thoughts on this year? The big commercial that's been getting talked about is the Google, quote-unquote, love commercial. And I, although it like definitely was a, just a shot out of a cannon of, Man, they're pulling at my heartstrings right in the middle of a football game, which should be super tough, and I should just be, you know, drinking beer and laughing with my buddies, and now all of a sudden I'm crying. It was a great commercial, but when I was kind of relating to what I wanted to bring to this podcast about it is I was basically just thinking about, I mean, Ted, you're one of the older guys on this show, the same. I mean, Matt, you kind of could have this scenario going around with your wife if, you know, in 50 years or whatever. (laughs) And I was just thinking of, like, what would be remembered like when like let's say that ted's wife had to do this commercial about things about ted like here's his favorite chair he used to watch hours of his favorite network hbo here uh he like hey google remember that ted loved weed and beer i just i think it would be interesting to kind of maybe each of us have our own spin on that commercial we don't have to do it right now do we (laughs) (laughs) no that was definitely one when it came on I was I was like talking to some of my friends and we were like only half listening, but you know we could hear it and see it, and we like a, a couple of us said, "I'm I'm glad I wasn't paying attention to that because like you said I probably would have been crying over it." Oh, it was and super then, like, depressing. One of the one of the girls there, she was watching it and she got up and she's like, "Oh my god, that's the saddest commercial ever." <laughs> <laughs> There's always one of those in the Super Bowl that they that throws you for a loop. There was the Budweiser landslide right. uh, um, commercial from about five years ago. They, they, they do a great job of mixing one of those in to keep you on your toes. When you talk the landslide, that was the one with uh, the dog re- reuniting with the horse. Was that the one? or the? I, 
I think it was the horse owner reuniting with the horse. Oh, that's I, right. After that's it right. became a Clydesdale, I yeah, think. Yeah, he saw him in the saw he saw him at a parade and then <laughs> made eye contact with him later on later on, right? Yeah. 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 I, I think and the uh, consensus was the best commercial, at least for me, my favorite commercial was the Bill Murray Groundhog Day. I thought that was pretty cool. That was good, especially since it was Groundhog Day weekend or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean that's just a classic movie. We I feel like that's never come up on Entertainment Tonight. That's kind of surprising. It is. It's an underrated hit. It's kind of a great movie. My mom used to watch it all the time. It, but one thing I need to get off my chest, and this is obviously the trust tree. In regards to the Super Bowl, I take my bathroom breaks during the actual football game. <laughs> am I am I alone in that? I was kind of glued to every single commercial that was on the screen. This is this is trust tree, right? Yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> If you, I mean, if you really think about it, you just run to take a quick piss. You're not going to miss a whole lot. That's right. So, I mean, you'd rather miss, like, one second down run for four yards instead of a classic epic commercial. And if it's a great play, they're, they're going to replay it a couple, two or three yeah. times. And, and here's what happened to me. So, I, I was, like I said, I was late arriving, and I actually missed the NFL Next 100 commercial, I got a text from my brother that said that was the best commercial I've ever seen in my life. I was like, what commercial? <laughs> I, my heart sank when I, when you read, when you get that FOMO feeling of missing out on what was it, just a great commercial and great moment. I, I made sure that it wasn't going to happen again. I've seen enough football games in my life where that, where I'm not going to miss any more commercials. <laughs> the, the Sam Elliott and Lil Nas X, the old town road. Oh, that was a good one. That was good. <laughs> When his when his mustache did the little move, that that's what got me. Yeah. I'll just I'm glad that I wasn't in a room with a bunch of kids when that commercial, like at a Super Bowl party or something. Because I mean, Matt, your daughter, she probably loved that just because oh, it's Old Town Road. They love that song yeah. so much. Yeah, they love that 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 song. I mean, that stretches everywhere. Old people love it. Young people love it. It's just a great hit. What are you guys' overall thoughts? This is I mean, when I look at the Super Bowl and the commercials. I think they've gotten away from. The real, the real talented stuff. I mean, when I when I think back to the great commercials, most of them, in my viewpoint, are the are the funny ones. Yeah, there's the ones that touch your heartstrings too. But it's, to me, it just seems like the last few years, there's been a few of them, but most of them have been kind of generic and a waste of time. I mean, Porsche came out with a brand new commercial. Yeah, they had their their car going fast and stuff, but I thought that was a complete waste of money. It just had no entertainment value at all. Well, what was weird, one of the commercials, I believe it was Pringles, right. was about a show called Rick and Morty, which maybe Matt's familiar with, but basically that's a that's a show that kids my age, a small niche group, like, like they're obsessed with it, they love it. So I'm not sure why Pringles made that commercial to basically go after the 0.001% of Americans. It was it was wild. I think that you probably saw that and thought it was like witchcraft. Well, when you said Rick and Morty, I know who you're talking about now, but when I saw it, I didn't know who they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does seem like, I mean, you, yeah, like you said, there's always a couple that, you know, whatever, get some production value into their commercial, but it does seem like they're more, it's, they're almost like more trying to like tell a story or, you know, hit hit the feelings more than you know, just blow you away with the technology or whatever. I thought the Ellen one was was pretty good, the one about Alexa. It had a kind of an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, I do kind of agree with what you're saying. I mean, for when I was a kid, I used to think that those Doritos commercials, if you remember, it was like basically a baby. Yeah. And some of them were a dog. And I guess maybe you appreciated it too. You guys did too. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, Doritos would have when like... When I was a kid, I thought that was those were the greatest things of all time. And I would laugh at those for hours after the Super Bowl. There was the Doritos. There was the Bud Light <laughs> ones with, what's up? You know, that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be one of those things too. Like, it's hard to wow people nowadays. It is. We've seen everything. Like, whether it's special effects or, you know, just storytelling or, you know, like, it's really hard to wow people nowadays. And that's that's sometimes what I think when I, every year, just like with halftime shows, see people say, like, well, the commercials have been a dud now. It's like, man, I people who are in marketing or, you know, whatever field you want to call it that have to make commercials, that, that's tough to actually, like, make an impact lasting commercial. You almost have to do stuff like what Google did and make people cry because then people actually remember it. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is the best commercial wasn't even a damn commercial. It was Tom Brady tweeting out a picture of him standing in a doorway at a stadium. And it ended up being a part of the Hulu ad. 
that aired. I mean, whoever came up with that idea for Hulu, I mean, that's next level thinking. That guy deserves a raise. Yeah, that was pretty brilliant, especially now they're saying that, uh, remember when they leaked the first photo and it was Brady leaving the stadium and everybody was saying, oh, he's gone for sure. And then now it sounds like they're probably going to sign them, sign him. But, you know, I want to throw this in here. It was in my notes. Is it really ridiculous to think this, that the Lions could trade Stafford? Do you think there's any chance at all they could maybe sign Brady for a couple years? No. And draft Tua? And let I him... think Matt Patricia in that Patriots, and I know that there's been videos like at the, at the senior Bowl where it's Patricia and Belichick laughing it up. Right. But I do think that he was kind of the ugly. I mean, there's a reason that Belichick basically threw his balls on the table to keep McDaniels in the building. But when Patricia left a few months later, no one gave a crap. Well, let, and I kind of think that's what, like that's kind of an inside joke among that program. Like, wow, the Lions are an idiot for hiring that guy. Now, it, pro- it probably more than likely would never happen. But if if for if by chance again, put your GM hat on, would you possibly consider doing something like that, trading Stafford and making a full out push for Brady for a year or two? I mean, th- look at it this way: we've talked about it before. There's absolutely no juice in that Lions system, right? If you if you bring Tom Brady back. To train Tua, wouldn't that be a little juice for a year or two? It could be. I mean, if you want to light some fire under some people, that'd be, yeah, let's bring Brady in. We got him for a year or two. Let's win this thing. But I, if, if he's going to leave New England, I'd be very surprised if he went to Detroit. We can only hope. I would hate that. I, I would honestly hate that as a Lions fan. Imagine seeing Tom Brady in a Lions uniform. He'd look so bad. It, 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 it just, just wouldn't look right. Name. Well, he wouldn't look right in anybody's uniform, frankly. Right? right? I mean, you, I remember <laughs> seeing Johnny Unitas in a San Diego Chargers uniform, and the, the big story was he was telling a reporter, yeah, I was I was sitting in the locker room, and the guy was smoking a cigarette, and they were passing it around. <laughs> and, and, of course, Joe Montana, even though he had a little success with Kansas City, it still didn't look right. And Brett Favre in Minnesota, really? Right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, before we wrap up this segment, guys, just real quick, like uh, Jared, you'll laugh at this, but I'm gearing up watching more Ted Bundy stuff. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there was a two-hour special on 2020 last week on Ted Bundy's former girlfriend that he let live and her daughter. Well, I guess there's a five-part Amazon docu series on uh, the girlfriend and the daughter. So I think I'm going to be watching that, and I'll give a review on that down the road. Uh, also, Oscar's coming up, guys, next weekend. Uh, you know, we know the storylines. What do you think is going to be the best movie? We probably aren't going to see The Irishman get it. Do you think 1917 will make it a sweep? They won the Golden Globes and the, the Screen Actors Guild Award. Do you think that's I the, know, the go-to? I know rarely the winner of the the Screen Actor Guild Award and the, well, what's the name of the other award show that you mentioned? Uh, the, the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah, the Golden Globes. I know that rarely the winner of that will win. Like, it, there's there's it's, there's no, really no correlation uh, between the two. But it, it's impossible for me to know. There doesn't seem to be the big runaway favorite, but, I mean, just in terms of what I would like to see win, I think Jojo Rabbit, that's the best movie I've seen this year, although I have heard a lot of good stuff from 1970. It is nominated, so Jojo Rabbit has a chance. If I was going to vote, I'd probably, out of, the, out of all of them, you know, the Irishman's nominated, but there were some flaws in that. I I liked uh, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think Brad Pitt's going to win Best Supporting Actor for his performance, but uh, that's who I would vote for. And I know you saw Ford versus Ferrari. Is that Academy Award? Is that an Academy Award picture? I don't – what do you mean by that? Like that it has the capability of winning, I believe? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, that was an awesome movie. Yeah, it's nominated. I, in terms of something that I feel like just your general person can enjoy, it's got to be Ford versus Ferrari. I mean, it was just incredible. Great great action scenes with the racing. And, I mean, like we talked about when I first saw it, Matt Damon and Christian Bale are incredible in it. Yeah, I've only seen three of them. The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Marriage Story. Uh, I know you saw Joker, and you saw Jojo Rabbit. Matt, did you see that- Parasite? That's nominated. Nope. <laughs> that's, a, that's a closed <laughs> caption foreign film. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the buzz are around the, the movies you guys have named. Uh, I think a lot of people are saying that Joaquin Phoenix is like maybe a sleeper to win. I think he's the I think he's the front runner for actor. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think for sure Renee Zelliger is going to win for Judy. I mean, she's won every other award, and that she was phenomenal in that. So, Yeah, one last thought I had, and I'm just going to throw it up, man. I know you guys are probably like, oh, dear God, let's wrap this up. So for the Super Bowl, I had to do a project where this was the school project. I had to live, quote-unquote, live tweet the Super Bowl. When you guys hear that, do you go – what the hell has our school system turned into? Because I know for my brothers, who like to basically say every class I'm in is Facebook one-on-one. It wasn't a great um, optic. Wow. I saw your tweets, and I saw the hashtag you were using. And at first when I saw them, I was kind of like, what is he tweeting? But then <laughs> like, when I, like I actually idiot. looked at your hashtag, I was like, it's got to be a class. Because... <laughs> It was, you were also tweeting a lot more than you normally do. How did I miss that? I usually automatically get your tweets. That's creepy. I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. When you post something, I follow you. Was it under, <laughs> was it under Jared Patel? Yeah, and it was all for classes. And just, just know as soon as that grade comes through, those tweets that I was basically forced to shell out will be deleted. <laughs> so. how, many, how many did you tweet during the <laughs> I game? I think it was like 10, right around 10. 10, okay. Which, to be honest, we were supposed to do 20 to 25, but I just was like, I just, every tweet, I was cringing at tweeting it, so I just said, I'll take a B and I'll get out of here. What was the hashtag again? (laughs) Hashtag CMJ380. (laughs) Hey, I can't let you go without one topic. Uh, You've been sick, but Grand Valley, both of you guys, Grand Valley people, did you see the football coach got canned for wanting to have dinner with Hitler? Yeah. How yeah, bizarre so actually, is that? The editor, I, actually, I used to work for the Lanthorn, which is what that story came out of. And the yeah. editor, Kellen Voss, I'll give him a shout out. Uh, he's in a lot of my classes. And that was kind of the big debates from what I heard, from what I gathered from people who I told to take notes on what we talked about in class. Basically going around the Grand Valley journalism circle. And my takeaway from the interview is I've heard a lot of people... I've had coaches say that to me before. I'm not going to drop any names, but I don't think that... I think that's kind of one of those sayings that you say if you want to sound like be like damn i'm really clever like that's like out of the box thought you know that i want to have dinner with hitler but i mean what he said kind of made sense i feel like it's a little bit of an overreaction but you just in today's day and age you got to be smarter than that yeah that's the whole point i i kind of agree with what you're saying but in today's day and age you got to be smarter than that (laughs) yeah you you don't say i want to have dinner with hitler no matter what the reason is just one of those things like you can it's almost it's kind of sad to think about but like you can think it but you can't say it publicly <laughs> right right should he have lost his job for it i think it just speaks more of like they're lucky that they found out that he might not be not necessarily over what he said but just over the judgment he showed i think that it almost kind of was a a good thing that they figured this out before he had a couple years to coach and probably not be that great of a coach i mean how could it be a good coach if you're if you're blowing the interview at, at a interview with a local school paper yeah that's <laughs> true that probably says it all right there all right guys let's uh let's call it a pod what do you say that'll do it for now be sure to subscribe rate us on all the big podcasting sites including apple podcast and soundcloud it's free and it'll help us continue to grow. Send your comments and topics or guest suggestions to at Three Point Pod. Support our Three Point Podcast partners and tell them you listen. Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, The Corona Public Schools, and ProMech Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our network friends at Sports Radio Detroit. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at Z92.5 Studios in Owasso, Michigan. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast.